Hello, and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about video games and books with the robot handhold of other pop culture. Hey. I'm Vicky. I'm Doug. And I'm Katie. And before we say anything else, happy anniversary! Whoa! I know. Believe it or not, we've been doing this podcast for two years. Oof. Damn. Yeah. That's a long time. And uh, it is a really long time. Doug and Vicky don't know that I'm saying this, but since I'm introing us today, <gasps> I just want to say thank you, Doug and Vicky, and Vicky and Doug, for the many years of friendship Aww. and the Aww. two years of uh, recorded fun conversations. I like legit appreciate you both, and I'm grateful that I know you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm blushing. No one can see it. (laughs) We have such a special friendship. I'm just, I'm grateful for you all as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're air hugging you. Thank all of you. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll extend the air hug if you're into it to our (laughs) listeners. Uh, No pressure if you're not. Uh, But we want to thank you, too, for listening to us, whether it's been just one episode or every episode. You rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two years. Damn. As a a special gift for our anniversary, um, I got Vicky and Doug the best present ever, an (gasps) opportunity to talk about A Prayer for the Crown Shy by Becky Chambers. I mean, it is really like a perfect book for an anniversary episode. You know, it does like feel like a hug. Um, Yeah. It does. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Uh, This book is the second book uh, in the Monk and Robot duology. And it was released last month, uh, or if you're listening to this later, in July of 2022. Uh, We covered the first one, uh, Psalm for the Wild Built, a bit ago, and uh, glad to be revisiting it with y'all. Wait, so you said duology? Yeah, Mm -hmm. so this is the final one. No, I totally thought it was a trilogy, and that changed how I... Oh, my... I mean, we're going to talk about it, but thank God I didn't know that as I read the end, because I totally would have cried through the end i mean i was already exactly like what i did yeah oh oh my god oh my god no okay all right hold i gotta your park tears, that though. yeah i'm gonna park yeah. that off oh my god shit <laughs> becky chambers will write more books they just won't be these books <laughs> you know all right as vicky processes uh i'm gonna transition us into yeah. talking about things that we've been playing and watching lately uh, these past couple of weeks and hopefully you process quickly uh, because Vicky you are up what have you been playing (laughs) speaking of things that move me emotionally um, I've been playing Stray oh yeah yeah, recently finished Stray as of yesterday morning yes Um, oh congrats it honestly is a cat game of my dreams um (laughs) and i just want them to continue making cat games um Mm. a continuation or just other cats doing cat things yeah um but i really enjoyed it and i always get nervous when i'm really excited for something that it's not going to live up to like not necessarily hype but like my expectations for it um Mm -hmm. but it it totally did so i've been oh good Loving, I'm loving hitting that circle button and having the cat meow whenever, <laughs> just for no reason. And hitting the shoulder buttons and yeah. scratching every yeah. surface that you can. Yeah, uh-huh. and just doing all the things with Dusty sitting next to me, which is also extra Aww. sweet. You know, like I'll do something in the game, not even like 
with any significance. But then I'll be like, look, Dusty, or like, give her a hug oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. does she fun. like watching yeah she does um the first day Dusty's I, a cat Dusty is my way. cat I don't know yeah. If you said that yeah yeah we uh, <laughs> most of the time we're able to edit out uh, Dusty crying um and she's been better as the two years have progressed um the first time and I sent y'all the video but the like the very opening of the game she was like what is this and was up near our tv and responding mm-hmm. as i was meowing uh, but as i continued to play she like watched intently um especially when you run as as the cat mm. uh, but she didn't she didn't get as uh, up up in its business in the tv as that first day yeah a respectful distance yeah 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 so. Yeah, I uh, I haven't finished it, but I have been playing it. And Rory, my cat, was also very, very curious at the mm-hmm. start of the game. Um, he sort of since I think realized that it's a it's just you know something on the TV. But yeah. he got real close during that like opening <laughs> sequence uh, and was making some fun noises uh, at the at the screen, Aww. some curious noises. Love it! How fun! It's such a cool game, though. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. it's. It's neat that they sort of reimagined how a game sort of structured like that would work for a protagonist that isn't human or even mm-hmm. humanoid. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. move like a human. And even games that don't necessarily have humans as the protagonist often still feature characters that move like humans. So it's really cool to see and imagine how they were sort of adjusting things for this cat protagonist game. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed even just a perspective change, like navigating a world from Mm -hmm. like a foot tall versus, (laughs) you know, like a human-ish size um, completely was completely different. So I I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, I thought it was well done. I saw a mod was released recently (gasps) where you can actually play from the cat's perspective oh, uh, so like first person the cat <laughs> yeah my guess is that if you're playing on pc that yeah. that's how you do it yeah. i don't think us console gamers will be able to do that but no. i thought that was so fun and so cool yeah. maybe yeah, i enjoy first person it. yeah yeah <laughs> first cat i guess i should say first, oh yeah first person yeah <laughs> <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> well doug what else are you playing well, I, w- I wish I had known we were doing like Oops All Wholesome oh, uh, because I've oh not no. been playing anything wholesome oh. <laughs> aside from Stray. But like hey. I, uh, I've been working my way through the Dark Pictures anthology, which is oh. a series of like drama horror uh, like decision making games from Supermassive Games, uh, which is the same studio that did the quarry which came out recently and until dawn which came out a while ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. is like a whole series of games i'm on the second one uh the first one was man of medan the second mm-hmm. one is little hope um and i think there's one coming out later this year called the devil and me oh, so, shoot. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. so each one kind of tackles a different horror genre or subgenre, uh and your choices really matter. You could really fuck up real quick. Uh, and I have. Oh, no. uh, a couple no. times. <laughs> Doug, do you think you'll replay them? Yeah. I I think I will. I had to resist immediately replaying the first one Ooh. because I was worried that I would uh, sort of like 
stall my momentum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did go right on to the second one. The first two were on PlayStation Plus, so that's why I started playing them. Um, and I'm hoping the third one will end up there soon so that I can like keep rolling with it. But if it doesn't, I might just go back to the first one and try to keep everybody alive again because I failed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe I'll try to get the ending where everybody dies. You know, there's so many possibilities. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A question. Do you know the moments when you fucked up? Like, do you know, oh, "Oh, I did this and this killed this person? Or is it not that clear? In Man of Medan, I managed to get out with three out of five people. So I killed two That's people. solid. Yeah. And I was very confused when the first person died. Like, I didn't think it was real. Um, I think you, I think the two of you might have been <laughs> gaming with me at one point when I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Is this, I'm not sure. Is this a premonition? Yeah. Is this a, a, like a hallucination or is this guy dead? Um, so, so I worked backwards and I think I know when that happened. I definitely know when the second person died because that one was purely just me fucking up. Uh-huh. It wasn't like a decision making thing. I don't think. I think it was like quick time yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that one's a little bit clearer. That one I, 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 I know when it's coming mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i can adjust mm-hmm. <laughs> um and the second one i haven't killed anybody yet that isn't Ooh, you know re- like required for the story so yeah i know right doing okay so far <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i'm glad you're able to play all of those and that's that's like a cool series it sounds like yeah i'm excited to see what the next two two are about um yeah see what genres they get into but it'll probably Terrifying. be a while before i get to those two and then yeah. eventually the quarry and then at some point we've talked about until dawn yeah. i'm just yeah, yeah. in this together. mood right now i think you know <laughs> boy well katie what have you been playing wholesome or horror yeah uh maybe a little bit of both uh, <laughs> uh i have been traveling around a bit so i brought my vita with me cool. and I have a save file that I'm just slowly chipping away at, uh, replaying Final Fantasy X. Oh, (laughs) okay. Nice, Uh, nice. Yeah. So, not actually horror, just like uh, that laugh scene, you know? Um, There's a little bit of of fear Mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's... It's been fun replaying it. I played that game in my youth. It was one of the first like RPGs that I I didn't beat it because I don't think I could beat the final uh, boss when I was younger because I didn't want to grind or level up or anything. Oh, uh, okay. Or no strategy. Um, so I am hoping that at some point I'll beat this. Uh, but, you know, the Titus and Yuna love story was like one of the first times I like felt emotionally invested in like romance in a game so it holds a special yeah holds a special place in my heart that's the only final fantasy game i finished (laughs) oh cool (laughs) yeah and i i uh it also for sure was one of the first if not maybe even still one of the only games where i was like very invested in like a, a very straightforward like romance you know yeah. like there's uh-huh. not really like it's not like twist and turns or like uh-huh. will they won't lay you like like you know, you know it yeah. <laughs> yeah and i was still very invested yeah <laughs> i feel like vita sounds like the perfect console for that too i know mm. it, it was originally on a big screen but i just imagine like playing it handheld would feel really nice being able to take it anywhere with you 
Yeah. And the like Vita graphics are solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's really nice for such big, long games. It's one thing the Switch really taught me to appreciate, though I feel like I do it more on my Vita because it's strictly handheld, is taking big, long games on the road with you and just, like, slowly chipping away. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like with Switch, I still mostly play them docked uh, unless I, like, legit have to. But usually when I legit have to, I just bring my Vita. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, Vicky, are you watching anything wholesome or horror? Tell me where you're at right now with the, <laughs> with your viewing. What have oh, what I does that watching? sound? Well, I was. I oh my goodness, we have been highly efficient and have oh. like what? finished a lot of things in my household, oh. like games as well as um, shows. So, oh, we're going to talk wholesome. We're totally going to talk wholesome. So I'm going to list a couple things. We finished Mm. Umbrella Academy season three. Oh. Um, Is that wholesome? No, I'm skipping. (laughs) I'm going quick. We're skipping over it. It's confusing, if anything. The whole list isn't wholesome. No, 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 no. I'm going to pass The destination is wholesome. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, (laughs) So we finished that. We're caught up with Only Murders. Um, We finished something else on Hulu. I don't remember. Um, But we somehow, I think with a new phone at some point, got six months of Apple TV for free. Oh, Oh, nice. So we finally watched Ted Lasso. Hey. Oh, nice. My God. And I like, it just was so heartwarming. Um, I was very confused because I knew it was going to be like a good uplifting show um, from all of the people who have told me to watch it. It's like all I hear about it. Yeah. But there's a lot of like f bombs and stuff. Uh, so yeah. we watched it when uh, our the young cousin was visiting, thinking Uh-oh. like, "Oh, this is going to be a good show for everybody." And like two minutes in, turned it off. <laughs> and I was like, "No, this isn't what I thought it was." But then when said cousin left, um, watched it again, and then like I, I had to pace ourselves because we went mm. through season one so fast so we're not mm-hmm. currently watching season two because all i want to do is watch season two yeah. but it's just so i there's just so happy heart melty it's wonderful i don't know so i'm <laughs> i'm glad i was able to watch it um it's good stuff yay that's good and dang six months wow i know i know so we won't unfortunately we activated it the last day that we could but season three of Ted Lasso <laughs> will be out after our thing ends. Oh, but like, no. I don't care. Like, I will. I'll pay for it. I will pay Whoa. for it because like it's oh, that wow. good. Yeah. Um, for at least Apple TV Plus is pretty cheap. Oh, good, great. Okay, I had no idea. It could have been like eighty bucks, and I probably still would have watched it for Ted Lasso. <laughs> don't tell them that. I know. Yeah, for real. Yeah, don't. I won't. Do yeah, that all you me. Apple people that listen to our uh, yeah our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm more concerned about like my phone listening. I was gonna say they're listening. Oh, that's a yeah. thousand percent true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Ted Lasso to make my days joyful. Um, nice. Yeah, Doug. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Have you been listening, not listening, watching anything uh, heartwarming? I don't know if it's heartwarming or horror. I guess okay. more in the in the realm of wholesome. I've been, uh, I think it's about time to check in with the Drag Race franchises. Because oh. <laughs> I'm always watching it at this point. It's always on. It's never not on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so we'll do a check in here. Uh, I have been watching... 
Drag Race Canada Season 3, because okay. that's currently oh, wow. airing, and Drag Race Down Under Season 2, which is Australia and New Zealand, okay. which is currently airing. So those are the ones that are normal, standard Drag Race seasons that are currently airing uh, that I can watch pretty easily because they're in English. Uh, France is also airing, but that's subtitled, so I can't watch that unless I'm really focusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Philippines is about to start. And I will watch that in real time because I have some friends who are going to be watching that. So um, lots of Drag Race happening, but I do yeah. really appreciate Canada and Down Under, even though the first season of Down Under is like easily one of the worst seasons ever. Oh, no. Uh, for various reasons. I do appreciate both of these series because for some reason, I feel like Canada and Australia and New Zealand do such a better job than the United States of representing their indigenous, aboriginal, first nations, mm-hmm. Maori populations than we do mm-hmm. our native American populations, mm-hmm. um, on reality TV and competitions. There isn't as much reality TV and competition stuff that makes it to the United States from those countries. And I feel like the concentration of their representation is so much higher than us. Yeah. Like, And this isn't to say that Drag Race U.S. has never had indigenous folks or Native American people on their show, but it's very few considering there's been like 14 seasons Mm -hmm. um, and the folks who are on there. Um, it's not really for either because they're not necessarily talking about it or because the show isn't making it part of the story. Like they don't really talk about it or they don't really represent that experience. Or in some cases, like with Trixie Mattel, like at the time, at least didn't like strongly identify with it or identified more with their drag persona than necessarily their out of drag persona. Right. So like there have been people, but, uh, in Canada, like, it, it feels so much more strongly represented. Um, and in Down Under, it feels... And, and in other Australian reality TV that I've seen, it feels like uh, sort of um, like a staple of, that, of the yeah. genre. Like a, mm-hmm. if we talk about like Americans coming from all walks of life, um, for some reason, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> seem like Native American is represented in that. Mm-hmm. But it does feel like First Nations folks and Aboriginal folks and uh, Maori folks are part of that fabric in those other countries. So uh, I appreciate those series for for representing that. Um, yeah. Because I feel get like we don't together, get that US. Yeah. I know, right? I know. So I guess that's the, that's the sort of wholesome bit is that uh, yeah. we've got folks represented in those franchises that we don't necessarily get to see here very much. And yeah. who is judging either series yeah so unfortunately uh uh, down under is still judged by rupaul and michelle visage which i don't think makes any sense uh that was one of the reasons that the first season was one of the reasons the first season was so bad was because like neither one of those two have what i can tell any connection to australia or new zealand so like their references were off and the references of the performers were not landing with Mm. the judges because the judges were american at least in the case of uk michelle visage is very very familiar uh with the culture of like the entire united kingdom like has been on lots of their tv um and Mm. as such has then lived there like as a result 
for you know periods of her life yeah so at least that kind of makes a little bit more sense the dynamic is like she fills in rue on the references and rue just gets to like rue's character Mm. is like i don't know what i'm talking about and michelle can like fill things in canada Mm. though is judged by brooklyn heights who is Mm, canadian um, and the other two judges are also canadian which feels correct (laughs) yeah makes sense yeah interesting how you how they did that right (laughs) so yeah Okay. okay Courtney Act, not the main judge of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. but Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So that's our Drag Race check-in. Thanks. <laughs> Good. Thanks maybe, for providing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in a few episodes I'll tell you about Philippines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, have, uh, what have you been watching, Katie? Yeah. So uh, since I've been traveling around, I have not really been watching a whole lot so the last thing I watched was Nope. Ooh. Oh, I was like, again, what? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't, it is, there are horrifying moments mm-hmm. in it, but I feel like it's more of a sci-fi movie. Ooh, okay. I would agree with that. And it's, I don't want to say more because I don't want to give stuff away. Because you can yeah. get more specific about what type of sci-fi, but I don't want to. Yeah, okay. I think it's some. I, I feel like you could say like, oh, there's sci-fi horror and there's horror sci-fi. I feel like this is like sci-fi with a little bit of horror. Like, right. like it's intense sci-fi, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Not quite like Alien or Aliens like movies. Not quite right. like Predator movie. Uh, not like that kind of scary sci-fi, but tinges. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it was really mm. funny. <laughs> uh, Doug and I, I guess I'm blowing up our spot, went to go see it in theaters. This is oh the first gosh. movie I saw uh, in theaters since uh, the Panini. and. What? the pandemic oh, is just another oh, word i was like what was that an event was that a movie uh, yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's I a like tiktok that. thing oh, i'm not it's I'm a not cool culture enough. thing oh, um geez. and there were other people in the theater and i feel like doug and i were yucking it up and For other real? people were not and i was oh. surprised at how much they were not laughing yeah uh, because it is so funny oh wow it was one of those things where, like, I hate to say this because it sounds so pretentious, but, like, Katie and I were laughing so much and all I could think was, like, do the rest of you not get it? <laughs> like, oh. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, yeah. So it was good. And cool. uh, we'll talk about it just in those vague terms. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I would say uh, I could handle it and I can't handle a lot of things anymore that are horror. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'd say go see it or wait till it comes to whatever and stream it. Um, this is Jordan Peele, right? Yes. yes, 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 yes. His third in the in the scale of Jordan Peele movies, I would say. Well, I've never seen Us, and I never will. Um, so that one, it's not that. that. that it's on the other end. <laughs> yeah, I would say this is by far the least uh, scary and the least horror of his movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, and they're not. Yeah, but it is intense. They're they're not like related, or they don't have like a thread in between them. They're all like separate entries. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
they're all kind of like the games I was talking about. They all kind of have their own different like horror subgenre vibe to them. Like each one kind of pays homage, I think, to a different subgenre and in some ways era. Like this one to me, Nope felt very like old, like very old sci-fi, like uh, which I thought was really cool. Sweet. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything else y'all have been saying yes to? Mm-hmm. Yup. To uh, <laughs> any things you're thinking about? <laughs> have I talked about the podcast Bloodthirsty Hearts? No. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like I would know that. that name. Yeah. Okay. It's a podcast that I, I listened to entirely on a whim. It showed up on, like, I, I, I never go to this on my podcast app where it says, like, browse. Ooh. I'm always like, I know mm-hmm. exactly what I want. You're never going to find anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, I hit browse. And at the very top was this podcast called Bloodthirsty Hearts. And it's a fiction sort of comedy vampire um, story. And I was like, why not? Whatever. Like, I just wasn't feeling like any of the podcasts that I normally listen to. And so I was like, I just need to like mix it, mix it up or whatever. So I turned this on and it takes place in Cleveland, (gasps) which is like where I live. So, uh, so naturally I was like, well, obvious I'm going to listen to this whole thing. Um, and it is intense and it is kind of scary, especially because it's all sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you listen to it with headphones, it, it sounds oh. like things are happening around you. So that's like, oh, shit. it can be pretty intense. Um, but it's also very funny, especially if you're, were like Vicky, like uh, if you were tapped into like the Twilight uh-huh, sort of uh-huh. um, like craze, you know, craze. Um, I, I think, uh, or if you're into like convention culture, I feel like both of those Ooh. sort of audiences can appreciate some of the stuff that's happening in this podcast. I've really been enjoying it. Um, I think like maybe six episodes of it are available at like no, with no subscription or anything like that. It's one of those podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh. But uh but they release everything for free eventually. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I don't yeah. know if I understand. Okay. It's sort of like the first dibs subscription, yeah, but yeah. everything will like be available. That's I'm just listening to it after everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. That's okay. Uh, bloodthirsty Hearts. Okay. Um, like Limetown, mm-hmm. Katie, oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. listen to like on my commute on the way in. Is mm. Is this something that I could handle at like seven o'clock in the morning or would you recommend that i think you could i I think it's not when i say it's sort of like intense or scary things happen i think it's more like it's just intense sounds so it's not like you're gonna be like scared or traumatized like first thing in the morning Uh it's just like (laughs) there's because it's all audio like they representing like a scary vampire monster Mm -hmm. like it's just intense Mm -hmm. it's like action but nice audio. <laughs> <laughs> I do think uh, when I listened to Limetown, if I, like I remember, I was driving and like there was a noise. I got scared. Yeah, uh-huh. I, like I think I jumped in the car on the highway, which is uh, probably not the best. But it was not like, at all dangerous. Traffic yeah. in the morning, so it was like slow anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah, so okay, cool. This is like pretty like high. Like it there, it's not spooky. I wouldn't call it that, and it's not like tense. So I don't think there's. I don't think it's like meant to make you jump. Yeah, it's like pretty intense. Like. The whole, like you just know like you're like all right i'm ready for this podcast it's going to be intense and fast-paced and nice. they're like 20 minute episodes so oh nice it's, it's not too bad yeah. yeah oh i'm excited thanks i haven't listened to like a podcast story in a while yeah yay for browse i know yeah. right <laughs> you were sleeping on it yeah i sure was silly algorithm 
Well, let's uh, let's get into our book. Oh, uh, yeah! No more time wasted. Uh, <laughs> today we are talking a prayer for the crown shy by Becky Chambers, uh, and I am very, very, very excited to share this experience with you both. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, I need to ask you why you picked it, but also, <laughs> of course, you picked it. But if you yeah, want to tell yeah. us sort of, I guess, generally for folks who maybe, I don't know, you shouldn't miss the first one. If you got this far mm-hmm. and Go you back. haven't listened to us or read the first one, you should do that. But just do in both. case, yeah. just in case, maybe tell folks your background with Becky Chambers yeah. or, or why why Becky Chambers works for you so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have consumed everything Becky Chambers has put out, uh, <laughs> book-wise. Uh, <laughs> she writes really cool and queer and kind overall yeah. sci-fi. Um, and this is another entry into that, that kind of tradition. And... I was counting out when is my book club pick versus when does this book come out? (laughs) And honestly, if it was like, you know, another month away, I don't know if I would have picked it so I could just read it. (laughs) (laughs) I have been waiting uh, for this book since we read the first one together. So uh, definitely ditto everything Doug said before in terms of go back and read uh, Psalm for the Wild Built. Even if you don't like sci-fi, read it. If you just need a hug or robot mm-hmm. handhold, mm-hmm. uh, read that book and then listen to our podcast about it if you want to. But I picked it because I love Becky Chambers. I believe I called A Psalm for the Wild Built a potentially life-changing book. Yeah. So if that doesn't yeah. get you... Not to be dramatic. Not yeah, to be dramatic, but... But, yeah. <laughs> but it may be. It yeah. might be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before we talk about whether or not this book impacted us as deeply, I would love to hear one-sentence descriptions or teasers. I guess we've sometimes moved away from descriptions and just... Talked about yeah. the essence of the book. So what's your one sentence? I think if the first one was, what if a human met a robot for the first time? This one is, what if a robot met a bunch of humans for the Ooh. first time? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I would say something like, uh, this is a book about friendship and going on a journey with your friend Mm -hmm. i don't know and philosophy and Mm -hmm. what are we supposed to be doing and what do you need and this is now a run-on sentence i love it (laughs) yeah no i'm just going to continue to build on your run on uh and like learning that there might not be answers where you thought there would be answers and questioning you know, what you thought for your life and for yourself. Oh. Yeah, I think all of those are all. And friendship. Like, in that, you know, like, <laughs> in the frame of, like, it's a supported thing. It's not like you have to do all this alone. But, like, there are people to support you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a... There's so much in such a short, tiny space. This book is, mm-hmm. like, what, 120-some pages? Uh, 149. Okay, 149. So, like, 
that's not a lot of space to make such a big impact. But both of them really do. In like cutting ways sometimes, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, you got me. Oof. Like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it really does feel like again, not to be dramatic, I guess, but like these feel like like deep philosophical life guiding mm-hmm. texts. Like in the yeah. way that you consider not to compare them to texts that people wield like weapons, but like as far as texts that people treat with a lot of gravity and mm-hmm. and with a sort of sense of of guidance, like that's what these feel like. Becky Chambers feels like the t- like she's writing the type of stuff that philosophers mm-hmm. wrote and that we still study. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, one of the things, um, and I I couldn't remember if I talked about this when we did Psalm for the Wild Belt, but specifically in this one towards like the beginning um, when Mosscap is like discovering, Mosscap is our robot friend, um, discovering things or like appreciating things in as they walk down the oh, road. It, I know. It, to me, it's like beginner's mind. So I have been doing some mindfulness stuff and beginner's mind is where usually little children are able to see things without any judgment um so like traffic which might be very annoying to me might look like a conga line of cars and <laughs> like kids are able to do that easily because like they don't they're not conditioned to um and yeah. so Mosscap was like constantly doing that like oh my goodness like yes even in this book like I'm experiencing these things new or like you're hitting me with, I, you know, I, I usually side with Dex's mindset on certain things. Um, so I, I really liked that. And like Moss Cap's awe gave me some awe and definitely some mm-hmm. pause as it discovered new things in the human world or even just in nature. Yeah. Moss Cap's joy about oh being alive, which was oh. one of the things. So, like, this book picks up pretty quickly after the last book ends. Yeah. Um, so, the last book, they meet each other and get to know each other a little bit. And then, you know, Moss Cap says, I want to find out what what do humans need? Um, and so, this is their journey to find out what do humans need. And so, like, their dynamic is still the same where, like, Moscap is fucking tapping on your glass at like 6 a.m. because, oh my gosh, I just want to talk to you so bad, Dex. Yeah. <laughs> and Dex is like, I need coffee before we talk about yeah. all these things. <laughs> or I need uh-huh. caffeine, right? Um, and so like Moscap's joy, I found myself like being joyful too, but then also being like, I, I get that you're like, yeah. you know, that it's 6 a.m. I laughed, I cried, I was like humbled, I was thoughtful, I was joyful. The moment uh, when, so as a heads up, we're going to obviously spoil the whole book. Everything. Um, every, every, we're going to read the whole thing. Um, <laughs> we could. <laughs> we could. But uh, when they are in Cat's Landing and Dex has just spent the night with Leroy and mm. Mosscap <laughs> is at the door and like knocking, <laughs> Dex goes and gets it and Mosscap is like, hey, Dex, congratulations on having sex. It's <laughs> like just so like excited. And then when they see Leroy, they're like, hey, Leroy, congratulations. And then Dex is like, stop it, Mosscap. Yeah. Like, let me redirect. <laughs> <laughs> but like just so like genuinely excited about everything um 
But I mean, there are moments in this book, I feel like we see more sides to Mosscap rather than just the mm. like, you know, super uh, extroverted robot. Like we see um, quieter moments, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which I super appreciated. Yeah. Or like when um, the the coastlands um, mm-hmm. and no one wanted to talk. With oh, it. God. And yeah, like Moss Cap said, you know, I was disappointed that I, I thought this would be different. I was, oh, oh, killing me. Or I've never mm-hmm. been like a problem before yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I it's like, like, oh, uh-huh. I don't want this for you. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I really like, and, and this sort of fits into that, but also into when Mosscap was really excitedly received by people. I like that this book takes what Mosscap described as like, I am not a person. Like, I know you want yeah, me right. to be a person, but I'm not. And like, we're not a society in the way that you think I am, but like, I'm still alive and experiencing things. Mm-hmm. It takes that and like really interrogates that in this mm-hmm. book because now that, now that Mosscap is met by so many other people who either affirm or like uh, invalidate its personhood, like it has to sort of wrestle with that all over again, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes really appreciates it when when like people just casually and without thought consider it a person, mm-hmm. but then has to wrestle and cope with it when they don't. And like that's interesting because because Moscap was so sort of like at peace and, and adamant that they were not a person in the first one. But now that they they're experiencing it so much more, it's like they almost it almost like challenges that adamant adamance adamancy. I I don't I mean I like get what you're saying, but I don't know if it would be around personhood or just like respect as another human as another not human as another living being that is deserving of like kindness and recognition. Because I still feel like there was very much like I'm not a person. I use it as my pronoun. Like don't get it twisted type of thing Oh, for sure i don't think that moss cap was questioning that necessarily but was constantly confronted by it and and still had feelings mm. yeah. i think about when people did or didn't consider it a person and yeah. i really liked the conversation when uh mm. when it was trying to sort of figure out the pebs thing and was like does this does this mean that that they think i'm a person yes and was dex was sort of like well yeah and Moscow was like, but I'm not. And Dex had to sort of reframe it and say like, okay, right, you're not, but they feel you are as valuable or equal to a person, even mm-hmm. if you are not one. And I thought that was a really cool conversation. Mm-hmm. That whole thing made me so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't want Moscap tainted by like these human <laughs> things. Like, don't don't give them pebs. Don't give them a personal computer. Like, I I didn't want them to be tainted by oh. humanity. Even though maybe this is my own baggage from what humanity is right now, because I was struggling to fully understand the pebs <sighs> not being currency because my mind is so set in how currency is today um i mean i get it in like essence but i was like this is not clean and moscap is clean like don't let it touch it (laughs) see i i I, the computer the personal computer was interesting to me i was like that i thought because it 
I don't know. Yes, Moscap is like mm. a robot, but I had assumed there was some like internal computer. So like with the taking pictures and stuff, like I assumed that like Moscap just could keep that in memory or whatever. Um, but with the Pebs, I I don't think I was jaded by like the currency mm-hmm. piece just because the system is so cool and amazing and built on supporting each other and paying it forward versus paying back. Um, and even if it's not like yeah. the same person, I just loved the the community support aspect of it, um, so that it, I didn't get lost in the currency piece. Um, but I totally see. Yeah. Like I I just thought it was a sweet gesture, not necessarily that he was getting pulled in, but I totally see that. The the way that the compensation works with Pebs is very different and is a much kinder and better, like you said, right? Like so, you give people Pebs. Um, and they don't have to pay or give pebs back to you and they don't have to do anything. And like, if you are, you know, in the negative in any extreme way, that's not seen as, that's seen as like, you are in need of help. How can we support you? Not, you are in debt. You need to pay us back Mm -hmm. instantly and, you know, work yourself into even more of a bad spot type of thing. So it is definitely a different, I'm just, I just uh, was still like money. Ah." (laughs) (laughs) I totally get that. I think Becky Chambers does such a good job of having Dex assuage my concern or fear when those things were happening. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because Dex really did, clarify like oh no 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 it's not money we think money's gross <laughs> you know like not in those words but basically like that's yeah. what they were saying yeah um and i was like okay okay i'll hear you out you know and i do really <laughs> like the peb system because it's it's kind of not kind of like very akin to what an actual like political anarchist society yeah. would look like you you offer yeah what you can and you get what you need um and nothing is determined like your value isn't determined by right a sort of like uh symbol for wealth you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when dex was sharing about how people could see other people's pebs and moscap was like y'all don't get competitive about this yeah and dex was oh my like, gosh no <laughs> i was like why oh my you? gosh why would we <laughs> yeah i want to live yeah. there Right. It was like, there was a part of me, and luckily the book is so gentle and like beautiful and like calm that this wasn't an issue, but there was like a part of me that was like kind of mad because I was like, this makes so much more sense and our whole system sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine if our system was like that? Oh my gosh. It'd be so cool. Yeah, for real. Life changing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting (laughs) you use that phrase. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, uh, they just made it so clear that your worth isn't tied to your pebs. You deserve comfort. You deserve food. You deserve your needs met, Mm -hmm. regardless of if you have pebs or not. And it's like, huh, how about that? Yeah, and one thing I really liked about it is it called specifically out the fact that because everybody could see everybody's pebs, you could see if somebody was in need, even if they weren't telling you. But the flip Mm -hmm. side to that is like, you can see your own pebs. So you can kind of see like, am I contributing? Am I doing, you know, am I utilizing my own skills in a way that benefits the community, right? Like, and it's not strict, no one's holding you accountable to it. But like, from a personal accountability standpoint, you can kind of see like, oh man, like I... 
I, uh, I have a skill that I could be offering or, or what is my skill that I could be offering? Like there's, I think there's an introspective element to it too, as long as it doesn't get toxic. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I mean, what you're talking about is kind of what Dex struggles with, mm-hmm. uh, because the service, the thing that they are good at, they no longer find like fulfillment from. And so mm-hmm. they kind of wrestle throughout the whole book about, what what's my purpose what should i do i don't want to offer tea service i don't feel like offering tea for service but i feel like i need to because i'm good at it um Mm -hmm. which i mean there was no the resolution was is that it's okay (laughs) like you don't have to but it feels so unresolved because i know that like i know that feeling and i know that dex is not resolved with the feeling at the end and uh, even though, you know, I think Dex even says this, like, even though I tell other people this, mm-hmm. I don't feel it myself. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Dex. I wanted oh so gosh. badly to sit down with Dex and tell them, like, being an interpreter is valuable to the community. Being like an yeah. escort to this this new person in these societies is valuable to these communities mm-hmm. like what you're doing is so valuable to these communities and 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 they just like weren't like they kind of saw it but kind of didn't see it and sometimes mm-hmm. question it and sometimes accepted it and i just want to be like no what you're doing is offering value like you are offering mm-hmm. value like uh let let it let it be the thing you're doing right now you know yeah Aww. And think about how much they were doing. I mean, it yeah. really it really felt like Dex was partially interpreting, partially counseling, mm-hmm. partially like caregiving, part like mm-hmm. all to this mm-hmm. one sort of, of like things. new um like you said, Vicky, like somebody with this sort of beginner's mind um mm-hmm. who very easily could have found themselves in difficult situations and not known how to navigate out of them. Like that's what Dex was offering. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I particularly think of when they walked into the first town and there was that great reception, it was stump uh, and Moss cap, like got so elated at the dog, Um, (laughs) which could have been, yeah, yeah, like the dog was barking. And so that could have been like an awkward, weird thing. I mean, it would have been for me. I don't know what I would have done. Um, but you know, Moss cap did did its thing (laughs) and like was patient and like wanted to, you know, help get to understand the essence of the dog and then like warm the dog up. And, but then I, I think Dex was like, I got to intervene before this goes on too I long because Moscap can just get. stay there forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So yes, absolutely, the interpreting and like just helping navigate social norms that exist in this world, um, for sure. They're like the first human and robot ambassadors. Like that's yeah. valuable. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, for real. Uh, now. I'm wishing there was a third book where then Dex would go with Mosscap to one of the gatherings of the robot um, <laughs> or to go visit some robots hanging out watching stalactites and stalagmites. That'd be cool. That's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I swear. I mean, I was really thrilled because like I knew I was, well, Kindle reading. So I knew what percentage I was on. And I was like, okay, so I don't think we're going to get to the city yet, which is okay. I'm jumping to the end. Um, And I was really happy because I felt that tension of like, I don't want this to be over either. And so I was really happy that they spent that time at the Uh, beach together. And so I thought this is a great place to end. You know, like they're 
going to go to the city and then decide, like, they just want to be together and just be. And then they're going to go, like, tell the robots and then, like, the book's going to wrap up and they're going to – the series is going to wrap up and they're just going to live on. But no, it's done. My yeah. God. Uh, which is <laughs> fine. But, yeah, I would have been more – way – I would have been crying each day that they spent on the sand. Yeah. I loved – um those like moments of like i don't want this to end i don't want to get to the city mm-hmm. but i also don't mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that i don't want it to end yet because i don't want to acknowledge yeah. that there could be an end so we're just gonna hang out here and build a fire and we can't use this wooden. we need to actually collect wood uh so i yeah. loved all the things i loved how they were on the same page about mm-hmm. i like us and i want us to just stay together but just i also vibe. don't yeah i don't want the pressures of of having to move forward without you yeah gosh yeah when they were talking i'm gonna pull open my book so like they're at the beach and they're finally talking and dex is like you know there's a lot of things going on and like there's a lot of activities Do you want me to cancel some stuff is that why you don't want to go and then Ma- moss cap is like no that's not it I didn't, I don't want to go to the city. I don't want to go to the city because the city is the end. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I kind of like that they never make it to the city in this book. Because, I mean, I know they said explicitly they're not going to split. But then it's also, there's no end in multiple ways in this book. You know, they're staying together. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when Dex says, you know, we don't have to split up. Um, we don't have to go anywhere or do anything. You are the weirdest, most inexplicable <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. You make me crazy most days. You say so much shit I don't understand. Uh, but whatever it is we're doing, uh, it's the first thing in a long time I've been sure about. Most days you're the only thing that makes sense. Like, oh my god, I'm getting teary-eyed. Like, I just, I love them. <laughs> I, know. I love them so much. And it's in those moments when I'm be- where I want to be like, Dex, remember, like that's enough. That's yeah. enough. Like that's yeah. that's that is that like that is satisfactory. Like that is living, and that is like, and living is good enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Moscap tells them that too. It's great. Like, you know, I need you. Mm-hmm. You need me. We can just be, and that's good i do like how like how they play off each other when one of them gets super upset the other one knows the page they're on and then says the exact mm-hmm. thing that the per- that the other <laughs> needs to hear you know like mm-hmm. i just love them were there any moments in the book that we haven't talked about yet that like i don't know really are sticking with you or brought you like a strong emotion yeah, and I know I I don't want to talk about it. I'm, we're going to talk about it, um, <laughs> but it's gonna. I'm like already emotional thinking about it on the ends of like ear emotion too. Yeah. Um, when they were fishing. Oh. Um, oh my god, I like can't even. Um, when they were fishing and um, Mosscap wasn't fishing, just like observing, um, and Dex caught a fish and they were going to keep the fish to eat the fish. Um, and, you know, part of doing that is, like, killing the fish or letting it die. Um, and the way that it's written is, it's not, like, 
it's descriptive, but not like in a way that's like, oh, this is what we do. But it was just like sl- a slow passage mm-hmm. um, where they just like stay with the fish until it dies. Um, and it talked a lot about like, ooh, um, like us deciding or people deciding or whatever deciding like when it's time for something else to die. Ooh, and that was just really hard to read um, because I, I mean, I eat meat. Um, <laughs> I did vegetarian with y'all for like six months um, and it didn't stick for me, but it's something that I, I consider and like I try and make good choices around that, um, but it's hard. And I could do better. There's always room for that. But then just like the general implication of that and thinking about like what decisions do I make or do we make as a society that like blindly disregard other people or um, animals or things. It just, that section just weighed on me yeah. um, in, a, in a good meaningful way, but also like in a hurt way a little bit, like not, not, and not a judgmental way, just like a very factual observation of like i don't know meta like this is what we do as a society or like what i do in this society it's a really beautiful and challenging moment i think in the book yeah Mm -hmm. especially because so much of the world they're living in and the way that they're living is not what we're doing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um that it sort of challenges my way of looking at things uh, because somehow it feels still like gentle, but like, like you're saying, Vicky, when you like apply it to like our world, it like challenges the way I think about things. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't cruel. It wasn't like hurtful. It wasn't like gory. It was, I guess the gentlest way that you could write that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when Moscow comforts the fish and then oh my god <laughs> I know I was fucking bawling um I had to put the book down after this moment uh and then you know Avery who is of a belief that you know we need to stay away from technology this was in the town where folks you know weren't sure if anyone was going to come see Moscap or or uh, talk to Moscap. So then, for Avery to put their hand on Moscap to comfort and kind of acknowledge the moment, I don't know. It was like beautiful and heartbreaking. It I don't know. There's like no other words to describe it. It like was a punch in the gut, but also beautiful, um, and like brought home a lot of realities yeah i cried real hard after that i was like i need to stop for tonight (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a lot yeah this book has that ability like it just does she like the author has that ability like she just does that it's incredible yeah you know but Mm -hmm. she also i mean like on the flip side she writes these moments that are just sort of like light and 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 still beautiful but beautiful because they're light or they're entertaining or they're joyful um like the moments with leroy or the moments with uh dex's family like those things Mm -hmm. were sort of the flip side for me where like they weren't like they were still you know there were elements of them that were sobering but at the same time they felt like 
I don't know, like these celebrations, you know, as opposed to mm-hmm. these sort of like um, sort of solemn or sobering moments. Yeah. And there's like a thread of beauty throughout all of those moments, you know, like whether it is sombering or sobering or joyful or hilarious, like uh, if you, I don't know, I, I found myself trying to um, potentially take on the eyes of Moscap, which by the way, when he was mm. like, Dex, I wish I could see through your eyes. And Dex is like, be less creepy <laughs> next time you say that. Um, <laughs> I was trying to like get in mo- kind of in Moscap's frame of mind as I was reading some of these sections to be like, let me actually just like appreciate what's in front of me, whether it's joyful, whether it's sad, whether it's like silly or a little scary or whatever. Uh, Cause that boat ride sounded very scary. Um, let me just try and like f- find the awe in all of it because there are awe inspiring moments in like everyday life. And this book, I don't know, reminded me of that for as sad as this book has made me and potentially all of us it's not a bad sad um no no not at all i guess this builds off of the kind of existential crisis of the last book right like what's my purpose what should i be doing what's Mm -hmm. the point type of thing Mm -hmm. and even though this was in the first book like dex brings it back up i think uh, that being alive is just like this wonderful experience or this like wonderful thing. Isn't that enough to just like be alive? Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though it's sad, it's not like a, it's like a damn, let me like really appreciate life right now. <laughs> kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, let me take a step back and uh, put some perspective on like whatever's going on or like mm-hmm. little things that I get worked up on that don't matter um, and focus on the things that really do. Yeah, it's a it's a good emotion old book. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about this when we talked about um, Good Morning Midnight. Is that what that one's called? Yeah, <laughs> good job. Um, where uh, <laughs> where like I think it's it for me. I don't know if I would say I felt sad so much as like sobered. Mm. Like I think I'm really mm, appreciating mm-hmm. whatever or or figuring out maybe like the difference between those emotions for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is that sort of like, like, like there's an immediate sort of appreciation in these moments and I'm sure it's just how incredibly well-crafted they are, uh, by Becky Chambers. But like, even when something is making me sad, like I understand why that's happening and it comes Mm -hmm. with this sort of, uh, appreciation and beauty, Mm -hmm. like all wrapped together from the beginning to the end of those moments. And, and so it's hard for me to be. I, I don't know. Like, I, I wish I had better words to describe like what those specific feelings are. But I think again, it feels like a sobering book. Mm-hmm. Like it just sort of makes mm-hmm. you see things in a very clear sort of raw way. Mm-hmm. And like nothing is cheap. Like yeah. there are no cheap shots. Mm-hmm. Like I have cried in things that are like cheap shots at my emotion, but like, this is like very intentional and like emotional in a way that like sits with me for a long time it's not like 
I cry and then like, okay, I'm good. And then keep going. It's like, this was, I'm coming back to this. However many days later, just like talking about this mm-hmm. one passage, you know, or like now understanding that the book's over. Like, that's a whole nother type of uh, whole processing I need to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Goodness. I totally know what you mean though. Like the, the sort of different feeling. It feels like the difference between when a movie like manipulates me into crying and then yeah. I'm like, why was I even crying? Versus this where I'm like, no, I, I fully understand yeah. why. Yeah why i feel the way i do for this one yeah and it does it in such a loving way like this book is so kind and like i I was gonna say feels like a hug but also maybe a gentle (laughs) handhold you know uh Mm -hmm. like the moment the moment where you can tell moscap is scared and dex reaches out and just like holds its hands like i feel like Mm -hmm. that's what this book is doing like i'm a little scared of life but this book is holding my hand you know yeah i don't know i give this uh two thumbs all my fingers all my toes everything up Uh, (laughs) yeah I give this a thumbs up for every single hand in Dex's family that has thumbs. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. countless. It's a lot of thumbs. Countless thumbs. That was yeah. funny oh, too. such a big family. Yeah. <laughs> Unexpected. Moscap trying um, to remember. Yeah. I love their family. family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I give it two thumbs up of my own and then, I don't know, everybody in Panga's. <laughs> see your thumbs and i raise you thumbs everyone who will lend us a thumb will take it uh, yeah. i just wonder and i haven't done any reading or research or like video watching on becky chambers like i wonder the mindset that you have like writing a book like this because it's i mean it's moving and important and like we said philosophical and feels very much like a tome um but like how do you even write that or like go about trying i don't know if that's like becky chambers's intent to like write this hugely moving stuff and i haven't i katie i did put um to be taught if mm. fortunate mm-hmm. on hold so i will read that so like i having read no other works but you know this duology like I don't know how you do it, but like, it's incredible writing. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Becky Chambers. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me because I feel like, especially with something like uh, To Be Taught of Fortunate, but then with these as well, like, it's not like Becky Chambers is exploring questions no one's explored before. It's that yeah. the way she does it feels so like dare I say spiritual like there's something about it that feels really like like deep and personal as opposed to wouldn't this be an interesting thought experiment like these things don't Mm. feel like thought experiments they feel like like uh like deep sort of spiritual questions and I don't know how to define what the difference is but like I I know it when I feel it if that makes sense you know it's sort of that sort of classic can't mm-hmm. define it but know it when you see it type of thing mm-hmm. something about it feels different to me mm-hmm. yeah it's just so sincere it's not yeah. doing it for yeah. the sake of it type of thing or it doesn't feel that way at least yeah and i i mean i don't know if this is the line to draw there but like i enjoyed this book but i don't know if this is like i enjoyed it for very different reasons than i enjoy like 
a, a space adventure book. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's an entertaining book necessarily. Like, there's no actual sense. Yeah, like, there's just. Uh, I think maybe that's why it feels different than like just pondering a question. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't feel like it seeks to like be flashy or like anything other than what it is, which is just like a you know a very strong powerful friendship story with like some philosophical musings um you know like it's it's not trying too hard it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard which is why i like love it so much mm-hmm. it sort of eschews like classic storytelling structure right where like you have to have this build and this climax yeah, and all that like yeah. this doesn't feel like it like it obviously has a structure but it doesn't feel like it's trying to fit into a classic storytelling structure in the way that like an episode of star trek the next generation which i love dearly would typically try to fit itself into you know mm-hmm. right it's like right. a quiet meditation it's not yes. loud in what yeah. it's saying yeah um, but it's solid in what it's saying yeah mm-hmm. well thank you everyone for listening along with us if you've read A Prayer for the Crown Shy and cried like us, we would love to join you in your tears. So please let us know how you did through email at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at novelgamingpod. If you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you happen to listen to this podcast. We would super appreciate it. We want you to know that it's enough just to be you, and we will be back in September with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.